0: Well, we have been spending the last several weeks looking at the question, did God really say? And uh, we've been looking at some well-known phrases and uh, concepts. Um, things that people think are actually in the Bible, but, but they really aren't. Uh, and people, that, people have these m- mindsets that these things are there, but they're not there. We've looked at phrases like, charity begins at home. Uh, which a lot of people quote, a lot of people say that's there. It's, it's not actually in the Bible. Uh, God helps those that help themselves. Not only is that not in the Bible, it is pretty much contrary to what the Bible teaches us about who God desires to help. But the one we're going to look at today is actually in the Bible. And I guarantee you, if there's one thing that people know about the Bible, it is that it teaches, do not judge. Anytime Christians are commenting on matters of society, anytime Christians are standing opposed to to something that's happening in society that goes contrary to what we believe, and, and Christians are protesting and standing up for what they believe, you will find people who will respond with the words, I thought the Bible said. Do not judge. They pay attention to us. They call us out when we screw up. When when they see our behavior does not match up with Christ. But the question is judge not. Is that really God's final word on the subject of judging? Is that God's only word on the subject of judgment? Usually they're quoting Matthew chapter 7, which we're going to look at today. It's on page 812 in those Bibles in the pews. Judge not that you be not judged that's matthew chapter 7 verse 1 judge not that you be not judged that's pretty clear right that's crystal clear it's it's very easy to understand except except for the rest of the bible last week we looked at first corinthians chapter 5 and in verses 12 and 13 paul says for what have i to do with judging outsiders is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge you are to judge those inside the church. And Paul was writing about a situation, an immoral situation that was going on in the church in Corinth. And his instruction to them was to expel the immoral brother. Expel the one who was sinning, which calls for judgment. Some of our favorite Scriptures. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2 says, Preach the Word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort With complete patience and teaching. Well, if we're going to rebuke people, it's understood that we are going to have to make some kind of a judgment about what we are rebuking them about. We love Galatians chapter five. My Sunday school class is studying Galatians now, and we love Galatians chapter five, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. But the fruit of the spirit stand opposed in Galatians chapter five. To the acts of the flesh and there is a very stark judgment to be made <clears throat> between one and another and in fact this very passage where we read do not judge judge not at the end of this passage Jesus calls some people dogs and he refers to other people as pigs it sounds kind of judgmental to me, how do we make sense of all of this? Well, If you're not there yet, we're going to be in Matthew 7, 1-6 today. As I said, page 812. I think, I think before we even get to it, before we even look at the text, we have to be honest with ourselves. Because the reality is, we judge people. We judge people every day. If I get done preaching in time today, And you go to the buffet right you go over to the buffet and you're standing in line behind that one guy that you can't even see around and he's picking up two desserts what are you going to think he doesn't need those (laughs) you're going to judge him immediately and then we watch tv shows you watch um voice you watch the apprentice you watch big brother you watch survivor And these are shows that call us to judge people based on their talent, sometimes based on their worth, sometimes based on their values. In fact, you can call in and punch buttons and vote for some of them and judge some of them. So how do we live with ourselves? In the reality that we do judge, how do we live with Jesus' words? Jesus says, judge not that you be not judged. Do not give to dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. One of the things I've noticed in reading passages about judging others, one of the things that seems very consistent through the Scripture is that those passages that talk about judgment say less about the person being judged and more about the heart of the person who is doing the judging they say less about the person who is being judged and more about the heart of the person who's judging our our judgmental attitudes say a lot about our heart they say a lot about our connection to god and if do not judge was God's last word on the subject, if that was all He wanted us to know was do not judge, then Jesus would not have continued to speak on the subject for five more verses. And the Apostle Paul would not have written what he did on the subject of judgment. Peter would not have said what he said about judgment. James, Jesus' brother, would not have written what he wrote on the subject of judgment. The other Bible writers wouldn't have written what they wrote. So what do we really need to know about judgment? And really, what do we need to know about ourselves? So since we're being honest and we're admitting, yeah, we judge people. We, we do. We judge people. I think there's three questions that we have to ask ourselves before we judge people. First of all, first question, can I live under my own judgment? If I'm going to judge other people, can I live under my own judgment? As I said, when the Bible talks about judgment, it says less about the person being judged and more about the attitude of the person who's doing the judging. And that's that's where we have to start. We have to start with our attitudes. Because a word like judge is too broad to take in everything. It has to to be defined for us. Verse 1, judge not that you be not judged. He can't be talking about law courts okay he's not talking about law courts he's not talking about judges and gavels and going to court and law and order and all that stuff he's not talking about that um, he also cannot be forbidding all judgments of all kinds because we all make judgments there are moral distinctions that must be made in fact the Bible calls us to make moral distinctions to judge what is a sin and what is not a sin over and over again we have that what we have to look at is what's happening in ourselves where is our heart in judgment the kind of judgment jesus is talking about here it's not just about right and wrong it's not just about what is a sin and what is not a sin the kind of judgment that jesus is forbidding is the kind of judgment that leads to condemnation it's about condemning someone else with your judgment it's not just about telling someone what you're doing is wrong it's about going the next step and saying what you're doing is wrong and you are going to hell because you're doing that honestly that's not your call that's not your call that's not my call and when you make it your call when you make it your call to tell people that they are going to hell you suddenly have a problem Because if you have condemned someone else, if that's the kind of judgment that you are using, a kind of judgment where you say, I am going to condemn people, I am going to stand above the law and condemn people with the law, then you've got a problem because someone's going to have to condemn you. (laughs) Someone is going to have to stand in judgment of you. And that person who stands in judgment of you will have no choice but to use your own judgment. (laughs) to judge by the standard that you yourself have set. That's why Jesus says, for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And so the question we've got to ask is when we, when we are being judgmental about someone, the question we have to ask is, do we, do we really know that person's heart? Do we really know that person's heart? Because the reality is all we can judge by is outward appearances. All we can judge by is what we see and what we hear. And so the question is, do you want God judging you by outward appearances? Do you want God judging you by only what He can see? Or only what He can see visually? Only what He could hear from us? Or do you want God, do you want a God who knows your heart? Do you want a God that knows... Even though I screw up, I'm trying. Even though I screw up, I have the best of intentions. Even though I screw up, I still love you, Lord. Don't other people deserve that kind of judgment too? Don't they deserve a God that knows their heart? Paul says in Romans chapter 14, verses 10 through 12, he says, Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then, each of us will give an account of himself to God. Did you get that? Each one of us, each of us, will give an account of himself to God. Each and every one of us. Not just me, but you and those other people who do things that we don't like. We will all give an account to God. And so really the question is, do you trust God? Do you trust Him to make a right judgment about that person? Do you trust Him in His ability to judge them and His ability to judge you? If I'm willing to live up to my own standards, if I'm willing to judge by my own standards, then I have to ask myself a second question, and that is, what is the goal of my judgment? What's the goal Of my judgment is it really is there really concern in my heart about this other person is there really concern in my heart about the path that they're on the direction they're going and where that might eventually lead them or am I is it possible that my goal in judging someone else is to make me look better you know to make me look like the good guy and make them look like the bad guy Is, is my goal in pointing out their faults to try to take people's attention off of my own faults and my own failings? Most of you know that a a few months ago, uh, Trish went in uh, and got LASIK surgery on her eyes. And uh, she now does not have to have glasses anymore. And as I have known for nearly 30 years, she has beautiful eyes, and now everybody else is noticing that too. Um... I've always said that. And now everybody says, your wife has pretty eyes. Like, I know. We, we talked about going for the LASIK thing a long time ago. We started this discussion about two years ago when it started becoming more affordable and we started wondering about it. And we'd gotten ourselves out of debt and we were like, well, you know, what if we, get a, we stay out of debt and we're able to save up some money? What if we do this LASIK thing? And so we started talking about it and we started searching for places where it could be done. And, and the, the question came up, Who goes first? We we can't both go in at the same time for LASIK surgery. Who's going to go first? And completely in humility um, and out of love for my wife, I said, I want you to experience this first. And it was completely self-sacrificial on my part, I assure you. There was not a bit of concern over someone pointing lasers at my eyeballs And trying to make my vision better and so it was not that I that she's the experiment you know it's not that you try it and if you survive maybe I will go that was not in my mind at all trust me you imagine the the process of going in there and they're they're looking at your eyes and they're telling you we're going to shave off part of your cornea with a laser and we're going to correct your vision now just imagine that you've gone in for that procedure And just before you have the procedure, just imagine that you meet the doctor and he comes out and he looks like this. (laughs) Big old pop bottle glasses. And and these big pop bottle glasses. He says, I'm going to point lasers at your face and I'm going to fix your eyes. Would you trust that face? Would you say... Why haven't you taken your own advice, doctor? Why haven't you done this? You first, doc. Why aren't you taking care of your own problems first before you try to fix my problems? Translate that into spiritual terms. Translate that into, into spiritual terms. How are people going to see that we mean well that we want the best for them, that we are trying to help if all they see are the glaring inconsistencies in our lives. If all they see are our own failings. Jesus says in verse 3, Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but you do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye when there's a log in your own eye. Can I help you? Well, who's going to help you? Someone's got to help you first. I I can't trust that you're going to help me if if I can see this glaring inconsistency, this big problem that you've got and you want to correct me with my little problem. I was afraid that was going to fall on me. And I want you to notice that Jesus isn't prohibiting helping others. He isn't prohibiting helping. He wants us to help people for the right reasons, though. He wants to help us to help people for the right, the right attitude. He says in verse 5, you hypocrite, hey, it sounds like Jesus is judging us, doesn't it? He says, You hypocrites, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Paul says in Galatians chapter 6, to go back there one more time, Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3, Paul says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in a transgression, if anyone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourselves, lest you be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, He deceives himself. Is your goal bearing someone else's burden? Is that what you want? You want to bear someone else's burden? Or is your goal to expose someone else's burden? Are you trying to help? Or are you trying to magnify? If you're bearing their burden, then you're carrying it for them. If you're bearing their burden, you're carrying that burden for them them, with the goal of bringing them to a place of restoration, with the goal of them being able to finally stand before God. And that leads us to what I think is the biggest issue with judging and the biggest question that we have to ask ourselves, and that is this. Will I let God have the last word? Am I willing to let God have the last word? I think this is the biggest question when it comes to judging others. Any judgment I make about someone else, even if it's an accurate judgment, any judgment I make about someone else is based on incomplete information. It's only based on what I can see. It's only based on what I can hear. And it's only based on what I know for that moment. My judgment cannot last a lifetime, right? My judgment cannot be eternal. That's why I cannot condemn someone else. So, will I let God have the last word? Am I willing to let God continue to work in their lives? Am I willing to say that my judgment on someone else is not God's final word? It's not final. It's not condemnation. James chapter 4 verse 12 James says there is only one lawgiver and judge he who is able to save and destroy but who are you to judge your neighbor see you don't qualify as judge you have no ability you have no no ability to hand out the final word on anyone's life whether that word is destruction or whether that word is salvation you know what really bugs me really bothers me about this it really bothers me about me (laughs) sometimes I think we are so eager for God to judge someone else we are so eager for God to judge someone else someone who has hurt us someone who has caused us pain someone who has done harm to us we are so eager for God to pour out his wrath on that person That we lose sight of his grace. What if the story of that person is a story of surrender? What if the story of that person who you want to judge today ends up being a story of grace? Some of you, some of you are still holding people accountable. For something that they did 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 50 years ago, and I would have to ask you: Are they the same person today that they were then? Are they the same person today, 20 years later, 50 years later, two years later? Are they the same person today that they were back then? Are you the same person that you were are, are today as you were back then? would it be okay with you if the story of their life ended with the words i once was lost but now i'm found i once was blind but now i see would it be okay would you allow god to transform your hurt your very real hurt into a story of his amazing grace see, the truth is, God's judgment, only God's judgment can be final. And the harsh reality is, God's final judgment can be worse than anything that you or I could ever meet out. His final judgment can be so much worse than anything, but it has to be final. It has to be after every attempt at His grace has has been made, every attempt for His grace to break through into that person. Verse 6 Verse 6 is a very uncomfortable reminder of that reality. Verse 6 says, Do not give to dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. When he's talking about dogs. He's not talking about your pets. He's not talking about fluffy, you know, your cute little doggie that you like to give milk bones to and stuff. He's talking about scavengers. He's talking about wild animals that lived on the fringes of society, that lived out on the outer edges and were wild and, and, and were scavengers. And You don't take the food, you don't take the sacrifices that were offered in the temple, you don't take that perfect lamb and take the meat and go throw it to those dogs. They don't deserve that because they don't appreciate that. They don't appreciate where that's been. You don't spend your whole life looking for a pearl of great price that's maybe even completely priceless and you go throw that out into the pig lot and let the pigs play with that because they don't appreciate it they don't understand its true worth and jesus is saying there are people in our world who will violently reject his grace Not just will they reject our judgment, not just will they reject what we stand for and what we stand opposed to, but they will violently and defiantly reject God's grace. But you and I, we don't know when that last grace encounter for them is. We don't know when that last chance is going to be. And we have no right to stand before them and say, you're going to hell. Because only God knows that encounter only god knows their hearts matthew chapter 5 i read last week verses 13 through 16 says you are the salt of the earth but if salt has lost its taste how shall it be salt how shall its saltiness be restored It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but they put it on a stand and it gives light to all the house. And in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Salt is a preservative. You take salt and you you rub it into the meat keeps the meat good you're able to it won't rot if meat rots it's not the fault of the meat that's what meat does meat just naturally does that if meat rots it's the fault of the salt the salt hasn't done its job this world if this world is rotten you can't blame the world that's what the world does you blame the salt you blame those who are supposed to be a preserving influence this world is a dark place, and you've got people in your lives whose lives are consumed with darkness. That's natural. That's who they are. That's where we live. The fault isn't the darkness. The fault is that the light has not shined. The fault is that we haven't stood and we haven't shown them the right way. If we're going to judge others, if we're going to judge others because they don't live up to our standards, then who is going to judge us for not giving them a standard to live up to who is going to judge us for not being salt for not being light peter says in 1 peter chapter 4 verse 17 he says for the time for ju- it is time for judgment to begin for it is time for judgment to begin at the household of god and if it begins with us And what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? Jesus said, judge not that you be not judged. If we have to judge other people, it's because we have not judged ourselves correctly. Because our hearts have not been completely set on the story of his grace. Some of you are holding on to some very old hurts i know that's true some of you are are holding on to some very very old hurts and you hear those words judge not and you ask yourself over and over again how can i not judge how can i not judge because i am hurt because i have hurt for decades over this how can i not judge that person jesus doesn't want to beat you up that's not why that verse is in the bible that verse isn't the Bible. It's not in the Bible to make you feel miserable. It's not there to make you feel like you have to, to beat yourself up constantly. Jesus doesn't want to beat you up. He wants your heart. He wants you. He wants you to fall so in love with His grace that you want nothing less for anyone else. You hear me? He wants you to fall so in love with His grace, with what He has done in your life, that there is no one else that can hurt you so badly that you would want anything less for them. You would want them to know His grace as well. Before we judge anyone, we have to look closely at ourselves. And so it's not about judging. It's about changing our hearts. It's about making our hearts into the kind of hearts that that are set on grace that are set on the love of Christ today maybe instead of focusing on that one wrong that one wrong that has hurt you has plagued you all your life maybe instead it's time to focus on your heart and exactly what Christ wants to do we're going to stand together and saying if you need us to pray with you we would love to do that we would love for you to know his grace and to know the ability that he has to change your heart just like he's changed so many others let's sing